Hello, this is Beth Jones at BethJones.net, international speaker and Amazon bestseller author. I'm so glad that you're joining me today for this podcast. Today's podcast is called Poured Out the Woman with the Alabaster Jar, and I'm going to be reading from Matthew 26, verses 6 through 13 and the New Living Translation. And first, I want to pray before we get started. God, I just come before you in Jesus' name, and I thank you for today. God, I just pray that you would bless our day and help us to order our steps to follow in your path for your glory. I pray, Father, for your anointing upon me that I would be able to communicate clearly to the listener and that you would bless a listener. God, just teach us your ways. I pray, Father, that you would use us how you will. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this is Matthew 26, verses 6 through 13. So I'm going to go ahead and read that, and then we'll plunge right in. And it says, and this was Jesus anointed at Bethany. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume and poured it over his head. The disciples were indignant when they saw this. What a waste, they said. It could have been sold for a high price and the money given to the poor. And other translations say that it was Simon who was the one who said this. But Jesus, aware of this, replied to them, why criticize this woman for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. She has poured this perfume on me to prepare my body for burial. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. So a few things that I pulled from this verse were this. Number one, the perfume was very expensive. The Bible says it was expensive. And I feel like God's emphasizing that. Some people, some scholars say that it was a year's wages. If she had sold it, it would have been a year's wages for her. But whatever it cost, the, it was very expensive. And I'm here to tell you that the anointing is costly. The anointing of God will cost you everything in your life. Number two, Jesus said that this woman did this to prepare for his burial, and what she did would be remembered all over the world. God is preparing you and me for greater things. And number three, this woman was judged and accused unfairly. You and I will be judged, accused, and persecuted because of the high calling of God upon our lives. It's painful and it's often a lonely road. It's the road much less traveled. Jesus said, many are called, but few are chosen. Now, when this woman poured this expensive perfume on Jesus' head, she did not hold back anything. She poured it all on him, and it cost her everything. It probably was going to provide her income for that year. But she lavished her love on Jesus to worship him and to show Jesus that he was her Lord and Master. She was showing her gratitude to Jesus. She was showing him how thankful she was for everything he had done in her life. She was also trusting him as Jehovah Jireh, the provider, to take care of her because that perfume was very likely her livelihood, like I said, for the entire year. And I want to read another scripture, and this is in 2 Timothy 4, 6. 
And hold on just a second. I have marked, I have put it down on my paper, but let me find it real quick for you here. 2 Timothy 4.6. This is what it says. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. The Apostle Paul said he was being poured out as an offering to God. We will be too if we follow the Lord. And that might not mean being a martyr or a prisoner like the disciples and the Apostle Paul, although it could mean that. But it does mean that we're going to have trouble and tribulation in this life. We're going to have to sacrifice our lives to him. We're going to have to carry our cross. Jesus must increase in our lives and we must decrease. And Jesus talked about this in John 16:33. He said, in this world... You will have trouble. Jesus was telling the disciples and us ahead of time, you're going to have trouble in this life. Life is going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. He said, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And in the New Living Translation of that verse, John 16, it says, you'll have many trials and sorrows. And I have felt that way lately. I've had sorrow in my life. Jesus identifies with this. In fact, he is called in the Bible the man of sorrows. Now, this woman with the alabaster jar was judged and accused by someone. Have you ever had someone do this to you? Have you ever had this happen? Well, I have, and in fact, it's happening right now by members of my own family. It deeply hurts me, and I have been heartbroken. The last two weeks, I've cried a lot, but I have decided to follow Jesus. And the lyrics of that hymn, I've decided to follow Jesus, are this. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. In another verse of that, it says, Though no, go, though no, I'm sorry, though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. I've decided to follow Jesus. And that's what I've decided too. I have laid everything down at the foot of the cross the last two weeks. God is in control. And if you will notice, this woman with the alabaster jar did not defend herself to her, her accuser and judge. But Jesus came to her defense. Jesus defended her. No one else did. No one else in that room defended this woman. So she had to look to God to take care of her and to protect her. If you feel like no one else has your back, God does. He is El Roy, the God who sees everything. And this is one of the names of God in the Bible. And I'm teaching about this in my new book that I'm writing right now, The Cinderella Story, The Power of Names. It's about the significance of your name, and it's also about the names of God. And if you're not already signed up at my website at veterans.net for my newsletter, go ahead and sign up there today with your name and email address to get a free gift. And also, you'll be the first to hear about my book when it goes live for sale at Amazon. You can also find my other books that I've written, my 15 books, at my Amazon author page at www.amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Jones.
The woman with the alabaster jar brought what she had to Jesus. It was her gift to him, and it was precious. It touched Jesus' heart, and it ministered to him. Bring what you have to Jesus. Let God use your gift, whatever it is, or gifts. I believe people have many gifts. Let it minister to the heart of God. Your dedication to God and your humble faithfulness touches the heart of God and it ministers to Him. He sees everything you have done for Him, even if you've been misjudged by others. God will reward you for your obedience, even if everyone around you attacks you, accuses you, judges you, and does not understand you. They've, they've misunderstood the motives of your heart. Jesus was at the heart of Simon when this woman did this. Not Simon Peter, but another Simon. Now, the Bible says Simon previously had leprosy. Leprosy was, was and is a horrible disease. It was a horrible life for people. There was no cure, and you became immediately a social outcast. Many people judged you immediately as having sin in your life or your parents. It, there was no means of living because you were a social outcast. You had to go away from everybody else. Often, lepers became beggars, and they had to stand at a distance from people they could, because nobody could touch them, or they could become unclean spiritually, and they could also possibly get the disease. Your whole family often turned on you. You were considered cursed. So this man, Simon, previously, it says, had leprosy. Previously. God had healed him. And that word previously stood out to me. What has God previously done in your life and mine? You would think that Simon, if anyone, would anoint, he would be the one anointing Jesus' head. He would be the one anointing him with perfume to show his depth of gratitude to God. But he didn't. It was this woman. We don't know what she did. We don't know a whole lot about her, but what we do know is she did this as an act of worship. <clears throat> now, instead of admiring this woman and, and commending her, Simon attacked this woman, saying she was wasting money, wasting money on God, and the money should have been given to the poor. The Bible says the disciples were indignant at what she had done. Jesus said to him and the disciples, you'll always have the poor with you. You would think that Jesus would say, you're right. This was a waste of money. She wasn't being a good steward. She needs to go give this to the poor. But Jesus didn't do that. He said, you'll always have the poor with you. Always. Always until the end of time, we're going to have poor people. And I personally believe that's a lot of times because the church is not doing its job. The church is not giving to the poor. The church is not helping the poor. The, the people and the nations are depending on the government to take care of them, which has caused so much debt and deficit. And that's a whole other topic. And I don't want to get political on you, but if the church was doing its job in giving to the poor, taking care of its widows and orphans, and the poor people giving their money and helping them, then this poor poverty problem wouldn't be a problem, and the government wouldn't be taking care of them. But Jesus confronted the judgment in Simon's heart about this. He knew the motives of Simon's heart. And isn't that just like people... And the disciples being indignant when you're doing something great for God. 
They start criticizing you. They start judging your heart. And yet God sees your heart even as he saw David's heart. David was a shepherd boy. And, you know, everybody thought it was his brothers that were going to be raised up to be king, one of his brothers. And yet God saw the heart of David. He, David was the least likely to become a candidate to be king, and yet God had chosen David. Out of all his brothers, the least likely person to be raised up, that's the one that God has his eye on. God sees what is in the heart of men and women. Now, the disciples were indignant, it said. The definition of indignant is this, feeling or showing anger or annoyance at what is perceived as unfair treatment. Resentful, displeased, cross, angry, mad, offended, irritated, and a huff and ticked off. And this is hit so close to home right now as I have family members who feel this way about me. And it's painful, but what I have to remember is not defend myself and let Jesus be my defense. God is my shield. God is my shield and my defense. Sorry about that. I had a text from my friend Shelly, who is now in Fort Lauderdale on vacation, and I am so wanting to be there with her at the beach. She's there with her husband on a business trip, but she just texted me and sending me pictures of her hotel room and other stuff. <laughs> oh, I love her. Shelly, if you're listening to this, I love you, and I, I wish I was there with you. One day we're going to get together and go to the beach. Anyway, God is my shield. God is your shield. And Psalm 28, 7 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and he helps me. And another verse says, in Genesis 15, 1 says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. And I love that verse because it not only says that God is our shield, but he is our reward. Everything we do in this life, maybe you feel like you have done good things or you have just gone the extra mile or, you you know, God has been changing your life and you're, you're helping others and trying to show them the love of Jesus. And you basically feel slapped in the face or spit on. And it seems like nobody is noticing how you've changed or what you've done. And yet God is the one who sees. He is your shield and he is also your reward. So you may not feel like you're being rewarded in this life, but in eternity, God is going to reward you because he sees everything. He sees your heart. God is your and my protector, our exceedingly great reward. The woman with the alabaster jar didn't look to man for her approval. She was not a people pleaser, nor was she moved by Simon's accusation and judgment. She did what she did anyway. She poured it on Jesus' head. God was her judge, and Jesus had judged her as a woman who had poured herself out. And remember that phrase, poured herself out. Not only the jar, a fragrant perfume, but poured herself out. She had done a beautiful thing, and Jesus publicly commended her. He honored her act of service as unto him. And Jesus said, and I think this is so wild and amazing and just so hopeful and promising. 
Jesus said that he and others would remember this woman and what she had done. She would be remembered forever for what she had done because God sees the heart. Have you ever heard the song by Francesca Battistelli that the title of it is He Knows My Name? And the lyrics go, I don't need my name in lights. I'm famous in my father's eyes. Make no mistake, he knows my name. I'm not living for applause. I'm already so adored. It's all his stage. He knows my name. And God knows your name today. And I talk about that in my upcoming book too. Today I want to encourage you that if you are under fire by the enemy, his flaming arrows, to put on the armor of God in Ephesians 6. Trust in God as your shield and your reward. God is pouring you out right now as a holy offering to him for his glory. Even as a woman with the alabaster jar poured out the fragrant perfume on Jesus' head. You're being poured out. That's why you're under persecution right now. That's why you're having that trouble in your life. That's why you're under attack. Satan doesn't mess with people that aren't a threat. And recently I was thinking about this, about how, and I told my friend Shelly about it, Shelly Vallisa, I said uh, on a call to her, a video call, we Skype sometimes with video, and I said, you know, I was thinking how Satan attacks me so much. I mean, my whole life I've been attacked by the enemy, really. I've been under such warfare. It's because of the war warrior calling on my life. It's because I'm a threat to the enemy. He wouldn't mess with me if I wasn't a threat. I have a prophetic mantle on my life, so you know, which means I'm a speaker of truth. And nobody likes prophetic people. Prophets, prophetesses in the Bible were judged. They were hated. They were stoned, and some of them were killed. Not a fun way to live. But you know. Satan hates it. He hates people speaking God's truth. He hates people speaking the word of God. So if you're under fire right now, if you're under spiritual attack, remember, it's because you are a threat to the enemy. He does not mess with people that don't threaten his kingdom of God. I mean, his kingdom of darkness. He doesn't. That's why he's attacking you. Trust in God as your shield. Put on the armor of God in Ephesians 6. Remember that God is pouring you out as a holy offering to him, just like this woman with the alabaster jar. God has seen your beautiful, heartfelt act of gratitude and service to him. He will remember it, and he will bless you for it. God used this woman's broken alabaster jar. Now, when I read to you from my writing coach, Shelley Hitz's book, Broken Crayon Still Color, from Our Mess to God's Masterpiece, and it's a beautiful book. I loved it, and it has coloring pages in it, and it's got leadership discussion questions, and it's just an awesome little bit. But she says about our brokenness. She was coloring with her nieces, and one of the color crayons was a worn-out, broken green crayon. She says, you see broken colors still color. Just like that broken, worn-out crayon, we can also feel useless to God because of the mistakes we have made or the things that have been done to us. We feel broken and ugly and useless. We think God would rather have someone else do his work, someone with less brokenness and baggage, someone who has it all together. The truth is we all have brokenness in our lives. 
Many times we compare our blooper reel to someone else's highlight reel. The truth is, no one has a perfect life. And just like that broken crayon, God is always able to use our brokenness to create something beautiful, a masterpiece. And I say amen and amen to that. God used that broken alabaster jar for his glory. Remember that if you are under attack by the enemy and others, if you are being judged and criticized and accused like Simon and the disciples accused this woman, just let Jesus be your defense and he will honor you. Psalm 31, 3-4 says this, You are my rock and my fortress. For the honor of your name, lead me out of this danger. Pull me from the trap my enemies have set for me, for I find protection in you alone. I want to close out with prayer, and I want to thank you for being here today. God, we just come before you in Jesus' name. And I thank you, God, that you use broken things, and you use broken people. God, and you can take our broken hearts and you can make them into a beautiful thing for your glory. God, I just pray that you would take the brokenness of our lives, the brokenness of our heart, our broken hearts, our broken homes, our broken families, our, our broken cities, our broken churches, but especially our broken hearts, God, and you would turn them into a masterpiece for your glory just like you used the broken alabaster jar with its fragrant perfume to anoint the head of Jesus. I pray, God, we would do this and that we would bless you and it would be our gift to you. In your name I pray, amen. This is Beth Jones, international speaker and Amazon bestseller author. You can find out more about my women's conference speaking at BethJones.net to find out more about or buy my books to help sow into the lives of women so that they will walk in their purpose and use their gifts, visit my Amazon author page at www.amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Beth M. Jones. I want to thank you for listening today. You can subscribe to my podcast at iTunes or find it at podbean.com and more about me at BethJones.net. Have a blessed and beautiful day.